Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sneaky Sports Podcast, but this time in season four, episode number one. Wow, that, that feels weird to say. In 2022, it's Monday, January 3rd. Frank and Nick, how you guys doing? Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Season four. Let's go, baby. Yeah, our Thanks second year now, Graf, uh, for you and I. So, yeah, you know, let's keep on it's going, crazy. I guess. There's, there's like three years of just probably some pretty bad takes out there on the internet. But yeah, <laughs> you know, some good ones the, too, though. That's the funny part, though. I, I actually like love just having stuff like out there. I heard Kenny Beecham. I was just actually listening to his video. Like, it's funny to just have your takes out there and like you get to laugh and, and just see what you were wrong about. Like, for us, the Giannis, well, not Nick. Nick actually got the Giannis thing all right, but we thought he couldn't win a championship um, last year, and we were pretty yeah, hard. I've, I've had I've had my fair share of bad takes too, but you know that's all part of the fun. We don't need a we don't need to go back on those and, and frame ourselves <laughs> right now. But anyways, moving on to what we'll talk about in today's episode, we'll get into the Antonio Brown situation, which I mean that was crazy. We'll talk about the Philadelphia Eagles and if they can make a noise in the postseason the Cincinnati Bengals as well. If it's time to panic on Trevor Lawrence and moving on to the NBA portion of the episode, we'll get into DeMar DeRozan's MVP chances, Kevin Durant calling out the Brooklyn Nets and the Rockets train wreck. So without further ado, let's dive on in and we begin today's episode with Antonio Brown. And man, did this man cause some havoc yesterday? Um, Pretty much to sum up this whole, you know, situation, let's kind of go a full deep dive on this. The report that Rap Sheet said, he said that Antonio Brown said he was too hurt to re-enter the game versus the Jets. So when Bruce Arians and the Bucks coaching staff asked him to re-enter the game, he refused. He's like, I'm not going back in. Nah, man. And he was, you know, just taking off his pads. He was taking off his pads. And you saw Mike Evans on the sideline, like, yo, bro, like, what are you doing? Like, put your pads back on, like trying to convince him. And, you know, that didn't work. He took off all his pads and, you know, Coach Arian just said, if you're not going to enter the game, I mean, just go home. And, and that's exactly what he did. He proceeded to take his shirt off, dance his way um, out of the field with the jumping jacks in the end zone, getting the fans at MetLife hype. And, and yeah, and Arian said after the game that Antonio Brown is no longer a Buccaneer. Tom Brady also spoke on the matter saying, we need to be compassionate and empathetic towards AB um, during this time. So guys, I mean, first of all, just kind of take me through your thought process, your reaction to this whole situation, um, how maybe the media saw, just basically what your thoughts were. And then maybe secondly, how this will impact the Bucks going forward. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty clear to say that there's something mentally wrong with Antonio Brown. I think we've known this for a little while now and you know Tom kind of did a good job of you know taking him in and trying to help him out and I guess this was kind of the last draw where they just really couldn't do anything um and it's kind of tough to see considering he was such a good receiver for such a long time and he's clearly just not in the right mental space right now but you know as for the Bucks going forward this is a huge loss because you kind of figured when AB was out when there was just Godwin and Evans like okay AB will come back uh when Godwin got hurt then and you know they'll just kind of pick up where they left off but now not having Antonio Brown really outside of Mike Evans, you don't really have any consistency of someone that can win on the outside. Um, and in a Bruce Arian style of offense, you need somebody to win in the slot consistency too. 
consistently too. And, you know, Antonio Brown could have moved in there and, and, and won. So, I mean, it, I think it certainly hurts the Bucks' chances to win, especially now that you'll have to go through Lambeau to win a uh, NFC championship or, you know, to make it to the Super Bowl this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, first of all, this whole situation was so confusing. I stood up for five minutes and went away to my, went away from my TV for five minutes, and then I come back and I see everybody's texting me Antonio Brown, and I'm like, what? It was so hard to like fully grasp what happened. I thought everybody was joking, um, but yeah, I mean, Antonio Brown. I mean, he's he's done a lot. He's been through a lot. At this point, his career is over. I mean, people say second chances. This guy's had like fifty fifth chances. I mean, it's it's a shame, but. You know, he, he needs help, clearly. Um, and I, you know, Tom Brady tried to be that guy, but at this point, he needs, like, legitimate help because it, it's out of the Bucks' control. I mean, Mike Evans was trying to calm him down. Tom Brady's, you know, been there for the last two years. Um, so, I don't know. We'll see. I, it's pretty clear that Bruce Arians, like, didn't want him there. So, I'm sure, in a way, it's almost like a relief. I'm sure a lot of the players didn't really like him and all the antics he pulled either. So, in a way, it's probably a relief. But his Players didn't like him? I'm sure some of the players were fed up with his antics. I mean, you could see that video on the sideline where Mike Evans is trying to calm down. First of all, Mike Evans just gives up and he's like, I'm done. And then some of the players are just sitting on the bench. Like they're just like, what? Like, I mean, this takes a toll on the team and there's no doubt Antonio Brown's talent is like otherworldly, but you know, it comes with a cost, unfortunately. So I don't know. There's some positives and some negatives from the football side of this. So I guess we'll have to wait and see how it plays out. Yeah. Did he make a scene? Yes. He made a scene. Oh, he made but, a scene. But I will say, if the rap sheet report is true that he refused to enter the game because he was hurt, I actually feel that I I I feel for AB, and I can kind of see why he had that reaction. You think about any other player on the Bucks. Let's say Scotty Miller, Levante David. Any player on the Bucks goes to the training staff member, and he's like, "I'm not feeling. You know, I'm hurt. I'm sore somewhere." They're like, oh, yeah, you're good to go, man. No worries. Like, like, take your time. But with AB, they don't believe him. He does not get that benefit of the doubt that he should get as an athlete. And he was on the injury report. He was didn't practice on Thursday or Friday. So clearly he was injured going into the game. He probably re-aggravated it in the first half or in the early in the third quarter. And now he's like, all right, I, I, I don't want to go back in. Like, I, I feel hurt. Like, I, don't, I can't go back in. And then the Bucks are like, not nah, like you just have to leave. So I kind of see why he could have had that reaction if the rap sheet report was true. The hard thing is, though, how do you give Antonio Brown the benefit of the doubt? We're never going to know. I don't know. Exactly. I don't know. Because especially yeah. with the whole COVID like, vaccination car where he fakes that. All the and, Yeah. And there's conflicting all reports this. all over the place. Some people are saying like he did want to enter, but Aaron didn't want him to enter. And yeah. then like there was like the whole like I contract sheet, bonus though. thing. I trust Rapshi. I think Rapshi had the act. I don't know. I just feel like this is one of those situations where we're never going to know like what really happened. It's just going to be speculation forever. So it's hard to take a side, but I think it's pretty clear that Arians and Antonio Brown didn't like each other. So the only reason why he was there is because they knew he could help win football games. They put up with him for so long. You know, if this team was a no, not a good football team or didn't have playoff aspirations, he would have been gone a long time ago. Mm hmm. You know? Yeah, but you know, another thing I, I get almost really like in baseball, three strikes you're out. I mean, how many strikes has he had? But like, I, I feel bad for AB in the sense that like people are trying to say this ruins his Hall of Fame career reputation. I, I totally disagree. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He had, He's a top five. Wise, yes, but he had okay, six. The, the, the Hall of Fame isn't a character contest, guys. I don't like. 
Well, yeah. it absolutely is. Who was the receiver? Was it Terrell Owens? Terrell he Owens. Was, Terrell Owens. Yeah. He was kept out for a while, and I think there's. I don't. Is is he in yet? But he's in now. He's got in last year. So, yeah, he's in. But he was held out for a while, and yes, I mean, was, I don't but... think there's any doubt that Antonio Brown's issues have been way worse than anybody we've ever but seen. Dude, like, think about it. Is he at fault that much? If if it, the report is true that he was hurt. I don't understand how it, this is I, all I mean, his fault. Forget about this. Forget about this incident. Before this, Antonio Brown is still has like a whole list of okay, things. So I saw a, a list on Reddit. The Raiders. I, I had but to dude, scroll I mean, for like a minute to go okay, through everything it, was Antonio the, Brown has done. Was the Raiders culture the best in Oakland and Las Vegas when John Gruden was there? I mean, he got well. No, I but mean, he froze on, his let's, foot let's off. Be he, he cursed off the GM. You know, he he posted a bunch of private things on Instagram. Like he he had his fair share of mishaps in, for sure. Okay, in Pittsburgh, he had the, the Facebook Live. He he's done some stuff. There's oh, well, no. Pittsburgh, he had plenty of things. And then there the whole thing where he refused to go to Buffalo. I mean, come on. But, and, right. and now like, I'm seeing – like there, there was a video of him farting on a doctor. I mean, like, <laughs> no, that's, wait, wait, what are you saying? you never seen that? What are you saying? Even, so, say that again. He, he, fart, he was farting on a doctor like consistently, and the doctor like told him to stop. Wait, and the doctor what has this podcast after. turned into? And Antonio <laughs> Brown has it. I, I okay, that's not true. That's not true. I'm sorry, but that's not. A, that's there's no way that's real. Well, yes, it literally is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. We're not. We're not a podcast of speculation, guys. We're not gonna just. Assume. There's a video there's a of it. There's a video. Okay, what if they made a sound effect? I don't know. You could oh like. Oh my god. Those videos. <laughs> Bro, come on, you're you're oblivious. <laughs> okay, well we can agree to disagree on if that really happened, but my point okay. is there was like a whole list. I told you on no, Reddit. I I I, 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 hear you. I saw the list. Yeah, that's but, what I'm saying. It's you just like. At but, this point, a lot of these things are harmless, guys. It's not like he's killing people. Like it's not like he's actually like like doing anything really severely. That can't outweigh his well, production on the field. It's not. Well, I actually point. disagree with that. He has multiple sexual misconduct allegations. And how about the whole thing where he was throwing rocks at the police officers that were like trying to like arrest yeah, him I mean, for something? I don't. I, I don't know. I haven't thing. heard about the rocks. Did you thing, also hear about true, all the times I mean, where he didn't pay like his nutritionist and his doctor? Yeah, I mean, like he has so many legal problems, and there's no doubt. I really do think. He could have potentially been the best wide receiver ever, top three for sure. But I mean, he's yeah, just but, so killed himself. E- even if not first ballot, he's a Hall of Famer though. He's got top five numbers. Talent wise, he should be. But it'll but it'll be interesting. Gonna, to see. I, I, th- I think he makes it easily. I mean, I, I'm I not a voter. Gonna... I can't really go into like their mind. But if they were, I think you guys are underestimating some... like the 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 voters. Look, I think they've gotten past like the character issues because I think they kind of accepted that like the character issues shouldn't matter with Terrell Owens. And they let him in. I think they'll. I don't think they really care about the character issues that much. I just. Anymore. I don't know. I just feel like Antonio Brown's character issues are so much worse than yeah, what no, Terrell we'll Owens. See, but um, it'll be I, interesting I, to see. I really don't know if I could side with AB one thousand percent because, like, some of the things you guys just said, like, obviously, like, no one should just defend him for like throwing rocks at an officer or you know sexual misconduct. Like, I, I'm not speaking on that. I'm speaking on the incident yesterday. I'm, I'm so I somewhat defend him on that. It, no, I completely I just, understand that. I, I just, somewhat defend that. I just I just don't want to take a side because I really don't believe like either yeah, side no, is yeah, so yeah. hard Honestly, to pick. I'm not gonna like know? pick a side and stay on that because I mean these mm-hmm. reports are just we don't even know what's going on. But yeah, there's no yeah. clarity. But I mean, no. like I said, at this point, all the problems outweigh the production, so there's no reason why he's there anymore. Mm-hmm. All right, now let's talk the about the, are fine. Eagles. Yeah. the Eagles. I, you think the Bucks are fine? I think I think the Bucks are I think the Bucks are still a legit contender in the NFC. I think they're still. I mean, you saw what they were doing yesterday. Brady led the comeback. I don't care if it's against the Jets. It's an NFL team. 
mean, they, they were outplayed. Like, they were outplayed for 50 minutes by Braxton Berrios and Zach. Wilson. Okay, yeah, exactly. So they were outplayed by those guys for 50 minutes, but it, it, proving that, that that's NFL competition they're playing against. It's not some like just scrubs off the streets. I mean, they're playing against I, NFL guys. I, I they had a nice that. comeback, and they had a but nice like, comeback. That's that's not gonna ha- like. That's not going to happen in the playoffs. Given like the only team that I think that right now I could say that would beat them is the Packers, but because of like other teams and they have their Look, flaws, man, the Cowboys and Cardinals. I'm not doubting Brady. There's, there's just no way I'm doing. No, that. obviously, but they're not the same team, and as they I might were. not be the same team. But can they play a different style? I mean, look in 2019 with the Patriots, they relied on Sony Michelle in the run game heavy. What if they do that with Fournette when he comes back, and then Rojo? Like they can probably mold a different style in in just kind of run with that and just and win it all. The I defense think, is going to have to step up too, though. The defense was terrible yesterday. Guys, the yeah. Jets had Jeff Smith. Well, I, I, I get that. But Montgomery out there at receiver. They didn't have players. I, I think the Buccaneers are a very versatile team, and I think they can play a different style and still win, even with limited receiving talent. Oh, we'll have to see because Fournette's still banged up. And Rojo just – I know, but Fournette will come he'll back. He'll be back for the, for the playoffs, though. Come on. Let's that, not that act like Fournette's not going to be back. He, he will yeah. be back, and he'll be dominant. He had a good postseason last year, so maybe. Yeah, we'll playoff money, man. Playoff money. All right, let's talk about the Eagles, though, who have clinched their spot in the playoffs. They are 9-7. and seven, They're seventh in the NFC, and they would face the number two seed Rams as of right now. They are the best rushing team in the NFL, 160 yards per game. Jalen Hurts has a lot to do with that. And on their defense, they are 16 yards allowed and ninth in points allowed, but 0-6 against teams with winning records. Um, basically, you know, just winning the division games, easy games on their schedule. But you guys think that this team has any chance of maybe winning a playoff game? Because like I said before, Outside of the Packers, I think anybody in the NFC is pretty beatable and has flaws. Yeah, there's no way they're winning a playoff game. I mean, are you kidding me? This is one of the worst nine and seven playoff teams I've ever seen oh, in my life. Their quarterback play is awful. <laughs> their their offense is inconsistent. I mean, like, I don't trust anything about this team. Sure, they run the ball well, but I mean, they're they're going to play the Rams in the playoffs. The Rams are so much better than them on every level of the football field. The only thing that concerns me about the Rams is Matt Stafford keeps turning it over. But if they can have like a more conservative game plan where he's not forcing passes, I mean, there's no way the Eagles beat this team. But I must say, as a Giants fan, I'm incredibly jealous. Like, how did they win nine games? They, how, how can they be so much better than the Giants with what I would consider an only marginally better roster? I, I really don't think this Eagles roster is that talented. I, I don't think Jalen Hurts is playing very well. I mean, he's had especially the two games versus the Giants, he was awful. He's had a few shaky games, um, and his numbers aren't great, but no, they're not winning a playoff game. They feasted off of an easy schedule. It says it right here, 0-6 against teams with a winning record. Well, you're going to be playing a team with a winning record in the postseason. So, Yeah, no, but I will say give credit to Nick Sirianni because I know a lot of people didn't like the hire in the offseason. But after not running the ball, like in the first couple of weeks of the season, they were really like hesitant to run the football. They've started pounding in later in the year. And I mean, it's working. They're the best rushing team in, the, in football. And especially over the past couple of weeks, they have been. But yeah, I mean, 0-6, look at their losses versus winning teams. The Chargers, the Raiders, the Buccaneers, the Chiefs, the Cowboys, the 49ers. They're just not capable of beating these winning teams. Their wins are against the Washington football team twice, the Giants Giant. once, the Jets, the yeah, Broncos, the wins. Lions. I mean, you name a lot of these, the Falcons, you, you name a lot of these wins in, in their versus lower tier opponents. So, look, as much as we give credit to Philly in a, in a rebuilding year, they make the postseason. Nothing but, nothing but great things to say about the, the direction they're heading in. But we can't say that they're going to make real noise. 
obviously it's a one and done system in the NFL. Like literally anything could happen. We could see them upset any team. The odds are very, very slim though. Cause this is a really bad nine and seven team. No, I agree. But I, I, yeah, you're right. You got, you got to give credit to Sirianni because nobody gave them a chance. And even though I don't think they're a very good team, you know, like at least they're winning games. That's always hard to do in the NFL. Um, I just, especially as a Giants fan, they were very unimpressive, especially in the loss to the Giants. Um, and then their schedule has been very easy. But, you know, at the end of the day, I feel like I'm kind of coming off as a hater right now. But it's really just I'm jealous because, like, how come they can beat all the bad teams? And, you know, they're a young team. I how mean, come they can do stuff actually, and the Giants can't? I'm not a hater of Philadelphia. I actually like the Eagles and respect what they're doing. I love Jalen Well, that's Hurts, what I'm saying. I'm just players. jealous because it's like, why did they figure it out before us? You know, it's like. Yeah, but in I, coming into the season, I had Philly as a seven-win team. I didn't have him as a playoff team, but I had him at seven wins. A lot of people had him at four wins, so I was higher than most on Philadelphia. And, I mean, they've done even better than what I thought, so good for them. Yeah. I mean, they're good up front on both ends, so that's really why. Ends, they're yeah. dominant on the offensive line. They have a pretty solid defensive line. But, you know, come their defense in the playoffs, they're really weak at the linebacker spot. Outside of Darius Slay, the secondaries, eh. Wide receivers, do you really have anyone that could win one-on-one besides Devontae Smith? No. Uh, so, like, and if you have to put Dallas the game Goddard's in, a good over the middle, though. And Dallas yeah, no, Goddard's been clutch for Hurts. Outside of Jalen Hurts, like, Jalen, I don't think Jalen Hurts can win you a game. Like, this would be a team that has to, you know, take a lead early, running the ball, and that that's about it. Yeah, but that's going to be yeah, that's going to be tough to do. They're going to play either the Rams or the Bucks at this point, I'm but guessing. But look, man, like, I just got to once again just give credit to Sirianni because I – Remember, like, my take on the hire. I was like, this is a bad hire because, like, you just kind of, like, um, heard his press conference and a lot of people made fun of, like, um, I guess just how he, like, came across because he didn't come across as, like, a leader, a guy who would be able to lead a group of grown men. But, I mean, he's done that. He's done exactly what we said he couldn't. So, I mean, I'm impressed and I, I'm pulling for them. You know, Philly, I'm pulling for you guys. I really hope you win. Oh, I can't say that much, but I don't, dude. The thing is, the Giants, man, like, I don't care about the Giants anymore. I'm not like a fan of them. I'm just neutral. It's I'm tough. done. I know it's I'm tough. done with this organization. I'm I'm just a neutral fan of every team now. Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you who I'm pulling for in the playoffs. Cincinnati. I love watching them play. This Packs. is a take I had early in the season after they lost to the Packers. I said, I think they're gonna be a playoff team this year. I like where they're headed. And over the last two games, they're averaging almost 38 a game. Burrow's averaging 485 yards over those two games. Chase is averaging 195 receiving yards. I mean, they beat the Chiefs um, yesterday at home. They, they had a great second half. They held the Kansas City offense to only three points. I know a lot of people are complaining about some of the calls at the end of the game, but at the end of the day, if you're Kansas City, you just got to, you know, accept your loss. I mean, you let Jamar Chase have almost 300 yards. You know, you got to be better than that. So the question here is how far can the Bengals go in the playoffs? Because right now they're the three seed. They clinched the division, so They're getting a home football game in the playoffs, which is awesome. Um, right now they would play who they play the Colts. Colts. And you know how I feel about the Colts, especially after yesterday's egg that they laid, they were, which, they just, were really bad which just killed me. Um, so, you know, that, that could be interesting, you know, maybe Cincinnati winning a playoff game. That's something that hasn't happened in a while. Um, and I think this could be the team to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think cell phones were I, – I saw a stat. Like, so many things weren't around the last time the Bengals won a playoff game. But, look, guys, I'm going to be the Debbie Downer here. Probably going to be the lowest in the Bengals among all you guys. Do I think this offense is enough to propel them to at least one playoff win? I, I don't. And I don't think they're better than the Colts. Whoa, I, think the Col- I mean, I think – I mean, we're coming on no. here two weeks ago saying the Colts' run game is going to put them in the Super Bowl. You guys are out here – 
Jonathan Taylor just that the Colts are the best team ever. Because no, I never liked the Colts. Because no, Fra- no, Frank's, oh, no, you should see Frank. Frank is like a roller coaster with his takes. Every week after a team wins a game, oh, the Colts are Super Bowl bound now. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh come on. When did I say Super Bowl bound? I Probably said on like be- overreaction Monday. I guarantee you, you on the overreaction Monday. I've been down on the Colts like- all year, and yesterday's game really solidified a lot of my beliefs. No, That's but look, for real, say. for real. Like, I want to talk about it a little bit. I just think that, like, People are a little, they're jumping the gun a little too much. Joe Burrow is not a top five quarterback like Dan Orlovsky said. He's well, not that I agree with. Five. He's, I mean, he's borderline. He's, he's borderline. He's in the top 10 okay, right so now, but I agree. Is he better than Justin Herbert then? He's on the same level. He's on, Okay, maybe it, the same level, but I still would Herbert take Herbert. Five? You know, you I think Herbert, Brady, I think Herbert Holmes, clears Rogers. There's only four quarterbacks that I would guarantee you would take over Joe Burrow. I said this to you last night. So Herbert There's, Mahomes. Um, Mahomes, Rodgers, Brady, and Allen. Those are the only – and I, you know what? Honestly, Burrow and Allen might be on the same level. Well, I'm, t- I'm taking Herbert over Burrow. And Herbert too. I think they're all on the same but kind Herber- of But Her- Herbert's like mobility and his ability – like I get like Burrow can make plays, but like Herbert has Burrow an has, extra like Burrow has pretty good too. mobility as well. You know, outside know, of – listen, outside of Rodgers and Mahomes right now, really, honestly, you could put any of those no, quarterbacks. No, okay, Burrow could be a top seven quarterback, but I don't know about like – I think top five is like pushing it. I, I don't know. Like, I just feel like I agree. He's I do think, more, a little I more. I think people are living size. in the moment a little too much, but top seven is fair. I'd say Joe. Joe played decent last year with not he much. Played, he played good last year with not much. Right. I agree. With not much. This year they got Chase. Him and Chase is the second best quarterback receiver duo behind Rodgers and Adams already. And then T. Higgins is also in there. I mean, look at T. Higgins Listen, last week, just 250 yards. Everyone said that they made the wrong pick, picking Sewell over Chase. They're not even close to the playoffs. They're not sniffing the playoffs. Oh, Chase over Sewell, yeah. Okay, well, that the I still think that that could have been a good pick for the Bengals, and Chase would have been good for the Lions. I mean, the Lions getting Sewell isn't like yeah, the reason they're not in the playoffs. The, the the Bengals wouldn't be in the playoffs if it wasn't for Jamar Chase. He's already playing like a top five receiver. He's well, that that I can agree with, but I, he's on that level already. Their connection is unmatched. It's unmatched. This team could beat anybody in the playoffs because guess what they can do? They can throw the ball and they can points. score quickly. They, can score, they can score quickly. That's why, besides Kansas City, and they just beat Kansas City. These those would be my two favorite contenders in the AFC because a lot of those other teams are limited. The Titans can't win. Can't beat you with an air raid. The Colts can't beat you with an air raid. The Patriots can't beat you with I an mean, air raid. I mean, the Bills, the Bills, we could argue last year, the Bills could have beat teams with the air Bill, raids. But the Bills didn't. could beat you with an air raid. Yeah, Allen struggled yesterday in the snow, but they could beat you with an air raid. But listen, Cincinnati just beat a good team. They, they've dominated so far in one of the toughest divisions in football, the AFC North. They're going to have a home playoff game. And Joe Burrow is the hottest quarterback in football right now, and Jamar Chase is the hottest receiver. So, yeah, what I'm trying to figure out here is if the Chiefs lose and the Bengals win, would the Bengals move up to the two seed? Because I think that would be huge. Yeah, but um, I don't think Kansas City will lose against Denver. I mean, maybe. Starting, we, we've seen, no way. We, we've yeah. seen crazier things happen, but. I, I think they'll probably just stay put where they you know are. Right the, if I'm Kansas City, I'm sitting everyone because Titan, they're not losing to the, the, the Texans. Come on, they're not losing to Texas. I mean, they have already this year, but I agree. It's very I know, unlikely. Okay, so you're again. not getting swept by the Texans. No. You might yeah, but why would you sit people if you're Kansas City? Because then you, if Cincinnati Here's why. Would, you Here's why I do. Because, seed. okay, you move down to the three seed. God forbid you move down to the three Well, I think that's a that's a big deal, having a road game in the second round instead of a home game. I think that okay, could be – Okay, that might not, be – okay. Maybe, they're not maybe, sitting but, any, They're not but sitting they could, But they could win with the backups. Like, they could win with at least some – like, you don't have to sit everybody. Just sit Mahomes. Well, if you sit Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill, like, you're – you're not probably winning. not going to win. But I don't know. Most you likely. guys don't value the week off. For, I, I mean, I, I think I value that week off in week 18. You should have earned that week off by beating Cincinnati. 
or okay. well, I mean, they, games, they didn't. Yeah. They didn't beat Cincinnati. So okay. now we have to look They're at the not, future. No one, and say no that. one's sitting anybody. Tennessee's not sitting. Everyone's gonna play. Well, for Tennessee them. can't because oh, Tennessee has to win. Why would Tennessee? Tennessee has to win. They're not sitting. Everyone's gonna. Everyone's playing. Green Bay will sit people. Green Bay is the only team that I, I could see sitting people. See, and Philly, could, I don't, I don't get that. People, yeah, Philly should moving. sit people. Philly's sitting because they're not moving. They're, they're not, they're the not thing moving. Is, why can't, why some... can't Philly move? Philly can move up to a uh, six. Okay, I but guess like they don't six, value seven, it's, it's the same six, thing. Seven's the same thing. And I don't know. Against... I think the Buccaneers Listen, look more vulnerable than the Rams right now, but I guess. Listen, um, does Philly, like, do you think that they're one of those teams that you think just wants to get? Because I've heard actually a lot. I actually saw when the Philly um, clinch the playoffs a lot of their comments were like, don't sit anybody versus Dallas because we're a team that gets off to slow starts naturally already. And we're not good enough to be that have that luxury to and sit players. I actually just saw Sirianni's press conference a little while ago on Twitter. And what he said basically pointed all signs towards they're going to sit people this week. Okay. I, I, I like that move by Sirianni though. Cause I think like having that buy is, is there's good. ups and downs for yeah. sure. But, but like if the, the thing is with, Philly, like you're in a tough spot, anyways. You might as well try and give your team some extra rest. You know, I don't see the ahead. I don't see Green Bay's point of sitting people though. You're already gonna have a bye week. Why have two bye weeks back to back? Like you're because I told you that I agree with. That could be a little the too rust, much. The rust is so bad though. When teams do that, I would at least get terrible. them a few series together. Yeah, at least the first half versus the Lions. At least. I mean, if that you're playing scared, with. if you're playing scared to get hurt, I get like I get it. He could get hurt. But if you're playing scared to get hurt, you can't play football that way. I mean, if that were the case, you might as well just sit everybody okay. yesterday and versus what, the Vikings. What if, what if, God forbid, Aaron Rodgers gets hurt and you, like, you're not winning anything? Like, or not, Devontae but, Adams, but you're you not winning anything. But you do look. You can't play scared. Like I said, if it happens. Yeah, but it's a meaningless game. It's like a ball. It, that's a. I get you it, but, get here, for example, it's like a college football ball game. It is. It's a meaningless but, game. It's a meaningless you think game. That you two play, weeks of rest is too much. I think so. Not for Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. No. They, they've been playing together forever. They're not okay, going to well, be- Luckily, I'm not an NFL head coach. That's not my decision. So we'll see what they do. No, I, I think it's definitely not as clear cut as Frank is making it out to be, though. Yeah, I, think I think there's there, definitely some ups and downs, and downs to doing it. Mm-hmm. It's a tough decision. And I think the benefits outweigh. I think the risk, like I, I would outweigh the risk by just sitting Well, yeah. I mean, I could tell you right now they're not going to play Aaron Rodgers, but I think there could be some rust that we see in their divisional round game because of that. But I guess we'll have to wait and see. You know, uh, I, mean, I trust Rodgers, though. I'm not going like, to yeah, say he's going to be I'm rusty, not really worried you know? about Rodgers. Like, if I was Wait, sitting – Do we like have Rod- info on if they did last – did they sit last year before their they, bye? I don't think they had the number one they, seed. They weren't clinched until the last week last year. Who do they play week 17? Did they play the Bears, Lions, or Vikings? I don't even – I don't remember. I don't know. I'm it was the Lions. It was the Lions. They didn't have it, it, Lions they didn't have it clinched. They didn't have it clinched. It wasn't the Lions. I don't know who they played, but I don't know. Was it the Lions? They play last year. It was the Bears. It was the Bears. It was Bears. Okay. I got oh, it right. right. It was in Chicago. Yeah, it was in Chicago. I remember that game. Okay. All right. All right. Let's move on to uh, some more NFL. Trevor Lawrence. Um, and if it's time to panic on him, since November, he's thrown for two touchdowns and eight interceptions. So hasn't been too good. And Lawrence made some comments after the game yesterday saying, My job is to be a quarterback and lead this team. I can only do so much. I have faith we're going to come out in a better spot next year. So I want to propose this to you guys real quick. I think if this is any other rookie quarterback, I think if this is Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, or Mac Jones, we're flaming them 
hundred percent. Because the me- the media narratives 100%. are so unfair 100%. towards Trevor Lawrence. He gets like babied by the media in a sense, 100%. just because a lot of people had the expectation of him being a generational talent. And it's people don't want to be wrong, I guess. So it, it's it feels like he's being babied. Like the t- I, I get it. Look, he hasn't been in a great situation, but I actually saw a stat that the offense, the Jaguars' offensive line is the thirteenth best. Yeah. Uh, according when you mix Listen. the ESPN's rank with the P- PFF's ESPN's, uh, it was what is it? Their pass block win rate stat, I think. And then yeah. PFF, you mix those two. They're thirteenth in the NFL in offensive and James, line. James Robinson was averaging about five yards. Yeah, per five carry. yards a carry. Like, so he has a good, Listen. a good running game, good offensive line. Like um, he's had enough. As a as a fan of a team that has a rookie quarterback, I'm sick of this because look at Trevor Lawrence's last three weeks. He lost to Zach Wilson. He lost to Mac Jones, and he lost to Davis Mills. Okay. You can't tell me that the Jag situation is substantially worse than the Jets or the Texans. the Texans. Look who we started at receiver yesterday. Look, Jeff Smith and Braxton Berrios, those were our fifth and sixth string receivers on the depth chart to start the season. And Keelan Cole, he was our, I think he was our third. Okay. We're missing Becton. We're missing Corey Davis. We're missing Elijah Moore. We had no tight ends yesterday, by the way. Missing pieces off the offensive line. But we don't make excuses. Zach Wilson's played good the last couple of weeks. Yes. Okay. Trevor Lawrence hasn't shown us anything, anything. And I've been saying this over and over again. He hasn't even had one good game, one decent game. Okay. Maybe the Dolphins game in London. Okay. If this was anybody else, we'd be calling him a bust already. Why is it not? Why does he not receive the same treatment as everybody else? Because everyone called him a generational prospect as good as John Elway and as good as Andrew Luck and as good as Peyton Manning. It's bullshit. And I get the situation in Jacksonville sucks, but he had, they have a decent offensive line. They have James Robinson. They have Marvin Jones. Your situation was not worse than anybody else's. Was not worse. Yeah, so, I agree. That's bullshit. That's I think, bullshit. I think I'm kind of part of this guilty party that like refuses to label him a bust because it's like, I, I know their situation's bad. I know other teams are worse. So I'm just like so on the fence. It's just so hard to label a quarterback a bust after one year. But you're absolutely oh, right that if this was, I'm not calling you were, him a bust, but it's no, just, but you're right. No, none of us are calling him a bust. Yeah. But if, he, if it was Fields or if it was Wilson, everybody would be killing them and calling them a bust. And I probably would as well. And it's just it's just so tough. But, I mean, he's been horrible. There's no way around it. I keep waiting for him to throw, like, three touchdowns in a game, which he hasn't done since week one. I don't even know if he's thrown two touchdowns in a game since week one. But he just hasn't done anything. He's been horrible. He makes a lot of bad reads. I mean, his teammates don't help him out either, but he makes a lot of bad throws. Um, you know, he doesn't really look comfortable. He just so much – Listen. just so much bad stuff going on for him right now and i don't know hopefully they can bring new coaches around him next year to settle him down make him more comfortable maybe bring some more talent in but yeah right now it's not looking good i what i i think i said this the last time i talked about this like why is davis mills producing at like a semi-competent nfl quarterback level but trevor lawrence isn't you know yeah, no, no, I, I hear you. Like, Everyone needs to be held to the same weight, and they're not. That, that's all I'm asking. I, I, see, like, when I made and had this topic in mind, and I was just, you know, thinking about it last night, I'm not, like, calling Trevor Lawrence a bust. I'm not doing that. Like, no, that's not what I'm doing. But is he being held to the same expectation? Is he being held to the same, like, fairness? Like, no, he's not. He's no. he's being you know babied and, and t- catered. Like, uh, he's, he's being babied by the media, I think. New York media is toxic. They're the worst, okay? And they don't even praise Zach Wilson or anything or say anything about him. They still don't even like him. They wanted – half the New York media losers wanted to keep Sam Darnold. That's how pathetic they are. 
They don't even know. They know okay, nothing. No, but to be fair, dude, like, I don't even, like, nowadays, bro, people don't even, like, listen to, like, the New York. I feel like, I don't know. I just, like, the whole thing about, like, how different areas have, like, worse media treatment. I don't even care. I feel like everything's national nowadays with social media and, like, well, you yeah, don't really, but, like, like, hear, like, the, like the, the local NY Post beat writer, like, opinion, like, I don't know. You can see it all, all over Twitter and stuff. Oh, you see it all over Twitter, no doubt, but. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't, I'm, but it's just, like, whole people are the same weight. He's been, he's been the worst rookie quarterback that started a game this season. Who's been worse? Probably. Um, I could see an argument for Fields, but. Maybe Wilson, too. I mean, they've all been, they've all been awful, quite honestly. Mac Jones has been solid, but his situation is so great. But he had a great game yesterday, so maybe he's back. But Mills has been probably the second best. And then, I mean, Trey Lance looked all right, but once again, small sample size. Wilson, Wilson has been solid the last few weeks. That's about it. Yeah, but. Wilson's okay, so probably third, and then like Fields and Lawrence. Four, yeah, it's Lawrence just, might be the worst. He literally, he, he literally he might, might be. be the worst. Okay, but he, honestly, he probably is. He's probably the worst, Frank. But what does that really mean right now? Because to be fair, like the guy, the two guys above him are barely better, and it's still the rookie season. Like we could still see next year him take a a major leap. Like we don't know. It's not his career is not set in stone after one year. But they need major changes to his, happen. He played a pro style offense at Clemson one year. And that was his worst season. That's all I'm saying. Okay, Frank. Yeah. All right, well, call him a, uh, don't call him a buzzer. You're gonna call him a buzzer. And he's here? regressing. He's regressing because of how bad the coaching staff was, and how his confidence is crushed. He's regressed. He's regressed. He's not the same he's quarterback. He's regressed, but I don't know if we could say his confidence is crushed. I mean, we don't know his oh, internal. I mean, we don't know baseball, his, how his internal like, is thinking. It's just like it's gonna take a lot to get him back to the not a lot to get him back to the same level, but. They bet they can't miss on this next coach. In the next draft, they got a draft. That I, mean, I agree with because they're, the they're about to it. set themselves back. I mean, they already did set themselves back with the Urban Meyer hire, but yeah, but they can't. They can't if they miss again. They're going to ruin Trevor Lawrence. I mean, their offense is really heading in a positive direction. I feel like though they have some weapons, like they have a a, a good running back, and I think um he'll probably be out James Robinson most of next year too with the they, they really right? don't have weapons though. Like Marvin yeah, Jones is like, not a great signing. Lavisca oh, Shino has never turned out. Their best receiver this year has been Laquan Treadwell, and they picked him up off the streets. And yeah, that's it. Really... I know, but Sheena and, like, Marvin Jones, like, they had high expectations coming yeah. into this season. DJ, like, DJ all, none of them are producing because yeah. their quarterback isn't producing. Like, if the quarterback only throws 100 yards every week, I mean, like, the receivers the aren't coaching, gonna... Maybe the coaching staff – I mean, obviously the coaching well, staff – I think Darryl everything Bevel's staff is terrible. Dude, Daryl Bevel is terrible. He, he, this yeah, guy, Sean, I, yeah. Sean Heimer sucks, too. They all suck. They're all bad, yeah. Yeah. Out. All right, let's talk about you know the NBA right now and Demar Derozan. I'm sure Graf will love this. He made two game-winning buzzer beaters on New Year's Eve and then New Year's Day. Pretty insane. Uh, he leads the NBA in fourth quarter points, shooting 56, 10, and 96 in the clutch. 100. Season. Oh, 56, 100, it's and 100. Yeah, put some respect. Okay, he averaged 29.3, 4.3, and five in December, shooting 51% from the field, 62%. No, what was that? 51% oh, from Frank, three? you are a mess right now. 62% from three, and then 85% from the free throw line. There's just so many numbers. I can't he's even like balling out. He's balling out. That's all His, his efficiency is out. off the charts. That's his all you need to know. Off the charts. How high do you guys think he should rank on the MVP ladder? Because I think personally on ours that we made, we had him fifth. But B-Ball reference has him ninth, and the NBA has him eighth. But it hasn't been updated in three days. And I think outside of, you know, the four main superstars in the league, Jokic, you know, Giannis, LeBron, no, not LeBron, Curry and KD. He's right there for me. 
Yeah, but I don't know. My issue is he's been better this season than Steph Curry, and he's on a much more winning team than Nikola Jokic. Like, he's ahead of those guys. Giannis is my MVP right now, and I think anybody who disagrees is just wrong. I mean, everybody's so obsessed with Jokic. They're not going to give it to the guy whose team has 16 wins. I'm sorry. Um, and Curry, Curry's numbers are down, and he's had so many instances this year where his team has won games in spite of him shooting 5 of 17 or, like, 6 of 23. You know, like, I don't know the exact stat lines, but he's had plenty of games like that this year. Giannis has been by far the best player on the Bucs, and his numbers are ridiculous. KD, same thing. And then DeRozan's right there. He's beaten the Nets twice. His numbers are ridiculous. Something I talked about previously is you need moments to win the MVP, like iconic moments. Here's DeRozan right here, back-to-back game winners. I mean, I don't really see what these other guys have done. Um, the, the b-ball reference ladder has like Jared Allen ranked above him. And like, with all due respect, yeah, I, I mean, the throw is a, he, he's, he's a great player and everything, but come on, he's not Love above DeMar DeRozan in the MVP yeah. ladder. So that's just my take. I mean, he's the best Arlen player on, be above, on what, like the fourth best team in basketball. I don't know. He you should know, be way so higher. I've been analyzing this MVP race um, right now, and I, I kind of see myself putting DeRozan at five. Or no, four, at four, excuse me. At four. I, I have him above Curry, but behind Jokic. So I think when Jamal Murray comes back, I think the Nuggets will surge in the, in the standings, and I think Jokic will be that guy. I think he's fourth. If you want to put him above Jokic, fine. He'll, he'll be third then. But based off um, you know, him and KD, I look at him and KD really like similarly in the MVP race. Obviously, DeRozan comes to Chicago. They go from the 10th seed to the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. Durant's carrying a team that has had no Harden at times. You know, Harden's been sluggish, but they still have that other superstar, like KD still is Harden, DeRozan still is Levine. So it's hard for me to say they'll win MVP over a guy like Giannis, who has no guy playing like a superstar. Chris Middleton is fantastic, but he's having a down season this year. Statistically, he's never on the, he's he's never been been on the level of Levine or Harden. He's been very inefficient this season, and he's only averaging like 18 points a game, I believe. So you have to give it to one guy. Give me Giannis because the Bucs are still red hot. They're 25 and 13. When Giannis plays, they've been dominant. But DeRozan, yeah, I think DeRozan should be higher. I think he's being disrespected on these on these ladders. I mean, being eighth behind the fro, be behind DeAndre Ayton. I, I see um, Rudy Gobert above I mean, him. I mean, that's disrespectful. Yeah, Gobert is like fifth or something. Maybe now that he was posted on House of Highlights a few times, they'll change their list because half those people that make those things don't, have no idea what they're talking about. The, the fact that DeAndre Ayton was on that list last week when we talked about this or the week before. No, because – And Rudy it, Gobert's fifth. He's not even the best player on his team. But – the thing, I mean, the thing is, if you deep dive on, like, the analytic numbers, like, for example, like, basketball references um, chart guys is supposed to be, like, all on numbers. So, it has, like, nothing to factor in. So, that chart you see, I'm just telling you guys, that chart you see is all the numbers filtered, and, like, that's their ranking of, like, who should be the MVP yeah, according that, to their numbers. That's, that garbage, though. Like, you, I don't think, I don't yeah. think it's entirely garbage. It's just you can't solely look on that. You, I There's mean, you know factors. my thoughts on the advanced stats, and they also, obviously, you can't, like, use numbers to factor in, like, a media narrative. You know, like, I think media narratives play a huge part. Media in narratives MVP. play a huge part. But that's yeah. what I'm saying. I and, think that the Bebo reference ladder is pretty cool because it doesn't factor any media narratives. The reason mm-hmm. why I still have Jokic over DeRozan, and I know, Graf, I'm going to get a lot of hate for this. I, I get it. But if you look at Jokic, he's a five defensive box plus minus, p- positive five. That would be the second highest in NBA history. I mean, offensive box plus minus, positive 6.4. That's off the charts as well. He's been so dominant that they're, they're like one of the best teams of all time with him on the court. One of the worst without him. It, 
I simply just, I, I, I think if they get Jamal Murray back, guys, and they climb up the standings to the number four, number five seed, because right now they're the number five seed yeah. in the West. Yeah. They can so, easily go to number four in B. So when is, is he, Jamal Murray's not going to be back for like two months? February. I think February, right? They said is it February, February now? Okay. Yes. Um, the only issue is though that like, he's not, he's not winning it two years in a row. He's just well, and that's, and that's I how I feel about I don't know if we Yoke. can say that though. That's how I feel about Giannis sure? too. I feel like everybody's I feel like Giannis tired of Giannis. Is what, like, I think Giannis's championship got him off the tired list. I think he's clear now. So I think people I like understand. nobody's talking him. about him though. I mean, I love Giannis. No, the narrative's starting to go pretty hard on Giannis, honestly. These past couple weeks, the narrative's starting to get pushed out a little more on Giannis. It's pushing a little bit more towards, yeah. As it should. I mean, I think he's the front run, the clear front runner right now. Yeah, and you know what? Like, him um, winning a championship and having playoff success last year really helped him out. Really helped him out because now it's like, okay, he's a proven playoff performer. There's no stigma behind that. Yeah, no stigma. Exactly. exactly. Like, he's dominant in both regular season and postseason, giving you 27, 10, 5. He's, He's great. Yeah, I mean, we'll see if he can if he can keep it up though. I think he should be the MVP. But I think, I mean, to sum up this whole topic, I think DeRozan is a first team All NBA player this season, which in itself is ridiculous to even say uh, that. I, but I think he has been, yeah. <laughs> but uh, let's move on to the Nets. We just talked about KD. Um, they lost to the really shorthanded Clippers on uh, I think Saturday, and KD was pretty pissed after the game. He said the Nets had a relaxed attitude or effort, and they had like an effed up attitude. Um, they kind of just walked in expecting to win versus the Clippers, and then they got beat by guys like Xavier Moon. I mean, those were KD's words. He were like, guys like Xavier Moon came in and beat us. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess it's a little concerning there that to lose at home to a team like that. I mean, like Terrence Mann hit like the dagger with like 30 seconds left, and it's like, how, how does that happen? I mean, you have James Harden and Kevin Durant, and like the best player on the floor for them is Eric Bledsoe. It's like, so not a great look for the Nets. I think have they lost two in a row at this point? I think they might have. Um, but Kyrie's coming back. Quick. Kyrie's coming back on Wednesday versus the Pacers. So maybe this whole effort thing won't matter anymore since they'll be just overwhelmingly more talented than everybody else now. So that'll be exciting to see. Uh, at the end of the day, though, the Nets are still the best team in the NBA. Um, they'll be fine. I wouldn't worry too much about this. I think Katie's just really competitive and hates losing. I think that's all it is. Yeah, no, I don't think this is anything to be, you know, panicking about if you're a Nets fan. They have lost two in a row, though. I want to make that clear. They lost to Philly on Thursday, and then they lost to the Clippers on uh, Saturday. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, they're getting reinforcements. Kyrie's coming back versus the Pacers. Um, he'll be there for road games, which is definitely, like, a questionable dynamic just to see, like, how they kind of flow. I think in the regular season, they'll flow fine. Like Kevin Durant said, Kyrie's one of the highest IQ players, very talented, can fit any system. You look at Kyrie Irving, he's one of those players you plug in anywhere with his three-level scoring. I mean, he when anyone that could space the floor like Kyrie has the handles, the passing, the playmaking, you can put him on any team and he'll fit perfectly. So I'm not really worried about the chemistry. You shot the, I mean, the Nets are just guys. Like we said, the Nets are the favorites. Yeah, the Nets and when I, everyone's healthy, they're the favorites. I'm also on agreement. It's like the, it's one regular season game. You know, they came in there. You know, they felt like they were already in the room for an hour on the court. You know, they thought they won the game before it even started. And you can't do that. You can't do it in the NFL. You can't do it in the NBA. Every team is a team. You know, a lot, they had a lot of guys, COVID, um, you know, playing try, COVID replacements and such. You know, people are trying to you know try out, show themselves. They, they, they want to get a shot in this league and, you know, they played harder and they won. It's effort. You look what the Cardinals, you know, look what happens to the Lions and the Cardinals a couple of weeks ago. You know, the Cardinals thought they won the game already. 
They thought they won the game already. You know, they, you don't show up, you get smacked. You mm-hmm. can't do that in professional sports league. It's a, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, I completely agree. You're right. It's just a bunch of guys, you know, trying out, showing out, you know, and they, they just play better. Like James Ennis, same thing. He kind of killed the Nets. I was watching the fourth quarter of that game, and they were getting out hustled. Um, I mean, KD and Harden had huge games, but the rest of the guys just kind of disappeared, and it is what it is. They'll be, they'll be fine. They're going to rip off a bunch of wins. Cause, although they do have a pretty tough schedule coming up. I know they play the Bulls next week. And I think they also play Milwaukee, so that's going to be interesting. Um, and I think Kyrie is going to play for both those games. I could be wrong about that, but because I think they're both on the road, but I could be wrong. But it'll be really no, interesting. No, no, to see no. Them the tested. game versus the Bucks is in Brooklyn, but he'll play okay. in Chicago on Wednesday. Okay, I thought they were both on the road, but I mean that'll be interesting to see them tested against the two best teams in the East. Um, one without Kyrie and one with Kyrie. I think that'll be really interesting to see what this team is made of. No, for it'll sure. give us a good idea. Well, I just but saw yeah. this. I guess this is breaking news. There is optimism that Golden State Warriors guard Clay Thompson will make his return Sunday versus the Cavaliers. Let's go. Let's go. Applause. Where's the applause button now? We got to send me some applause news. Good job. That's definitely exciting. Newscast. I'm excited, man, for Clay. I'm excited for Clay. Yeah, me too. I just. I don't know. I think I'm more skeptical than most on the whole Clay Thompson thing, though. I think everybody's just assuming he's going to come back and be oh the God. elite three and deep player. Your take about Clay Thompson. He's What's coming back. Yeah. He's coming After back. The two most devastating injuries in sports. <laughs> the two most the devastating sports science, sports science is is top tier nowadays. These guys, look, I mean, we just saw Cam Akers come back from like a five, after five months off a of torn Achilles. We well, see KD. We haven't seen him play yet. Okay, but, okay, so he'll play next week. We see KD torn Achilles at the age of 33. He's Yeah, but my fine. point is we don't know ever. how effective Cam Akers is going to be. And okay, Kevin Durant's been like just a god after the injury. Well, yeah, but how about Boogie Cousins? I mean, like that can go both ways. McGrath, you but he's a big man. Boogie's a big man though. You remember Kevin Durant 7 feet tall. Clay Clay doesn't play a role where he needs to be like yeah, but that's just so not true like he's expected no. to be a great defender like that's all lateral no no movement. i get it i get it guys. i don't but understand dude, where people say that he, he plays a role where he doesn't have to move on the basketball court. no they, all clay thompson man, does is move on the basketball court Graf, big men have notoriously been known for not coming back from injuries well, i'm just letting you know he people think is like different listen, like i'm just saying be skeptical because but, but how much can his numbers possibly drop off what He's going to shoot not the ball. Gonna drop off that much. He's, he's, he's going to shoot he's the ball. Like, I, I just don't think he's going to be a twenty-point per game guy and an elite defender right off the bat. And I don't, I don't know. I, yeah, but they don't need him to be that. Okay, well it, then that's great. The team is great. the team is <laughs> playing great this year. I know like, they are. They don't need it, and that's why they took so much time. They could have brought him back earlier. They've been taking their time because they've been in a good position, and they're waiting until he's one thousand percent ready to go back on the court. And they're going to take it yeah. slow right when he gets there. I'm surprised. I don't even think he would start that game. I think they're going to bring him off the bench slowly, work him back. Oh, no, no. I, I think Steve, Steve Kerr said that he's going to start. I don't know how much minutes, but he will He'll probably start. only he's play like 20 minutes. He'll probably yeah, only because play. It's actually Leave. funny. He's our, more than ready. Our guy, Joel, actually got like – so basically like Joel um, got, got his like clip from his podcast posted on like the Warriors Nation CP about how Clay should come off the bench. Draymond Green comments on it. What the fuck's this guy talking about? And then Steve Kerr, like, I guess Steve Kerr is like, oh, he's coming. Because Steve Kerr was asked about it. And then Steve Kerr's like, nah, man, he's starting. So he's starting. Yeah, I got to see that. Starting. You got to see that. It's funny. Draymond Green, it was a comment on Instagram. He didn't actually say it out loud. He's like, what the Mm -hmm. fuck is this, man? But yeah, it was definitely hilarious um, for sure. Yeah. Listen, I mean, I hope he comes back and I hope he's 100%. I'm just being a little skeptical is all. Um, because people are acting like the Warriors oh, are just dude, adding like a prime. Hours. 
it's scary hours in Golden State. I do People, still. We've talked about this before. Well, no, I, I still love Golden State. I still think they're my, they're my title. No, they're my second title favorite behind Brooklyn. Second title but, favorite. Yeah, second but title. I just don't think that Brooklyn or that Golden State is necessarily adding just instantly a prime twenty point per game elite defender onto their team. I just think there's a lot more that goes into into it than that personally. But yeah, no, the favorite to come out of the West though for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, let's move on to the Houston Rockets now. Oh, man, are they a train wreck? I mean, talk about a situation that just kind of got swept under the rug. It feels like after the Antonio Brown situation where he left at halftime, nobody talks about what happened with Kevin Porter Jr. and how he essentially did the same exact thing. Now, obviously, he's a younger player, doesn't have the same track record A.B. has, so he gets a pass, obviously, for what he did, but he essentially did the same thing as Antonio Brown um, in Saturday night's game against the Nuggets, um, KPJ got into a heated exchange with Rockets assistant coach John Lucas. He threw an object and left the arena at halftime, drove home. All right, I guess they were in Denver. I think I think they were in Denver. Maybe not, though. Honestly, no, I'm pretty know. sure it was in Houston, right? So if it was in Houston, he yeah. drove home. Then he just drove mm-hmm. to his house. He was like, I'm out of here. And then during halftime, John Lucas also called out Rockets star Christian Wood um, for his effort level at halftime. Um, and then Christian Wood refused to sub in for the second half. Um, he's like, I'm not subbing in. So, yeah, messy situation in Houston. Both guys have received a one-game suspension and won't play tonight against the Sixers. Um, so, yeah, turmoil in Houston. Um, obviously, um, you know, last season didn't go too well for the Rockets with, uh, you know, Steven Silas. He was kind of under some fire for how they, they played last year. They went on a nice win streak. I, I know that after that terrible start. Um, but now things seem to be taking a turn. I don't think they've been playing too well recently either. I think they're like back to like 10 and 30. I think after that win streak, they haven't really done too much damage, if I'm correct. Let me look at their record. I'm pretty quick. sure they've gone and um, 2 and 11 since that they're win streak. One and nine, they're 1 and 9 in their last 10. Lost okay, wait, there you row. go. Yeah. So they're, they, they haven't been good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not a good basketball team. And now that, you know, two of your best three players like kind of had a disagreement with the coaching staff, that's clearly not good. And, uh, you know, the trade deadline is, you know, coming up. So I, I don't know. It is. KPJ's had some problems like this before off the, you know, some off the court issues, but, you know, really realistically, like he was a big part of your plans going forward with him and Jalen Green and then Christian Wood playing, playing big man. But like, like, how do you like come back into the built, like building after this, like something has to be squashed. Something needs to be changed. A one game suspension. What's that going to do? Like it clearly shows a testament to like the culture and, kind of what's going on like in Houston right now. Cause you know, if they're trying to call them out for effort, then clearly Steven Silas can't get these guys ready to play on a nightly basis. And you know what? It's not all on the coach because as a professional, you should be giving 100% effort on a nightly basis, but like, this is not good. And we've seen it before from this team. They're, they're terrible. And you mm-hmm. know, a team like the thunder who is not a good team right now has a lot of young pieces. They come out and they, they give effort on a nightly basis. Sure. They lost that one game by 78 or whatever, whatever it is, what it is. But this Rockets team is just not good. And they really haven't shown much. Yeah. Um, I mean, as far as Kevin Porter Jr. is concerned, I'm guessing the Rockets are like at this point, I feel like you have to just trade him, maybe cut ties with them all together. I don't really know how many NBA teams are going to want to take a flyer on him because he had multiple incidents in Cleveland. And I believe he had incidents coming into the draft, which is part of the reason he fell. And on top of all of that, his numbers have regressed significantly this year and only his third year. Like he's really not been good this year. And that's concerning. So same thing with AB, like, is it really like worth all the luggage that comes with it? And in this instance, I'd say probably not. 
Um, obviously, I don't know what the head coach or the assistant coach said to him at halftime, but I doubt it warranted him driving out of the arena. I think that's very immature. And then same thing with Christian Wood, um, getting called out for your effort. That's like not even like mean or offensive. Like that's just the coach like telling you to try a little harder and to, to refuse to sub in. Like that's really immature. That's a really bad look for a young player who I think a lot of people really like a very likable player. That's just a really bad look for him. But I, I think know, no, they'll is. work things out with Wood. But KPJ, man, he's got to get out of there. That's my takeaway. My takeaway is that as well, I think Christian Wood has played really well this year at the center spot when he's been put at the center. Um, so I think that's fine. I, I think that they, once they made that move, C. Wood's been playing, you know, lights out. KPJ, though, I mean, he's been incredibly inefficient. Last year, kind of the same thing, but he's been even worse somehow, like 36% from the field from 42 last year. Now shooting 31% from three. He also shot that last year. So same three-point percentage. Yeah. But 12 points a game, inefficient, turns the ball over turns a ton. Turns the ball like, over a lot. Makes a yeah. lot of mistakes. He, he, he's he not a true really, point guard. He's not a true he, point yeah, guard. He, I was just going to say, he, he can't succeed in that primary uh, you know, ball handler role. He's like a scorer off a bench, off the bench. He's a good bench. You know, spark yeah, plug him, him and Jalen Green's fit has been pretty bad this year, too. Awful. Is, is something Terrible. That, yeah. yeah, easily. So, um, I don't know. Because Jalen Green's more of a one. I think Jalen Green's true position is a point guard, if I'm being honest with you guys. I think he, like, he, look, he's still honest, a rookie, so he makes some mistakes, but. My, my thought is that Jalen Green and KPJ are kind of like the same players and that they need more of like a, a legit one or more of like a passing point. I, I think Jalen Green's better than KPJ. Next to them. Oh, he, he, he's probably better right now, and he will 100% be better by next year. There's no denying that. Um, but their fit is awful. And – was it KPJ has never really been that good? I mean, I know he had that 50 and 10 game last year that everybody lost their minds over, but you know, outside of that, his numbers have just not been good his whole career. Um, and you know, mult now multiple locker room incidents, you know, like pretty serious ones too. I would say it's not worth having him on the team. Wait, what know? did he do before this? Well, he got he got traded away from Cleveland because he had an yeah, incident in their locker room too. Okay, he, he they like moved the, the position of his locker and he lost his mind or something like that. So he's dude you know see, he's, like how does how does this happen but like nobody seems to care just because ab just like took well the antonio brown the buccaneers tom brady they're obviously always in the national spotlight like nobody's really talking about the houston plus, like, rockets right now yeah it just kind of like kevin porter jr like it's just like, funny I like, how it like yeah antonio cares. brown's a household name um kevin porter jr is not you know I think no, and I, also I, I hear, yeah. there was video evidence of Antonio Brown. Like, no, there's no video of Kevin Porter Jr. True, driving yeah, like, away. Ha- yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, no, AB definitely made a scene, but like, yeah. yeah, this is definitely funny um, as well. Mm-hmm. But look, I mean, we hope that gets resolved with whatever happens with them. But moving on to Mailbag Monday to wrap things up, we have a fun little um, thing planned out. So pretty much what we're going to do is react to your guys' hot takes Um Put it up on the Instagram and the YouTube community tab as always. So if you guys want to, you know, next episode, just drop a take or um, drop a question, you know, always do that. And then um, we'll answer them on the podcast. But starting off with these hot takes, we got the first one from Furry Duck who asked or who said Matthew Stafford is overrated and his turnovers will make them lose a wildcard team uh, to a wildcard team in the first round. What do we feel about this, guys? We, we, me and Frank have been saying this for a few weeks now. I completely agree with that. Um, I mean, and he has a tendency to throw pick sixes too. It's not even just like interceptions. Yeah, like he he's giving the other team, yeah, he's like giving the other team points. He's he's killing his team, but the rest of the Rams team is so talented that they're still winning. But it's definitely a concern. 
I don't know if they'll lose in the wild card round, but listen, th- this is the reality of it. Matthew Stafford's not an elite quarterback. He's he's not. He's not. The Rams team, I said this earlier in the season too, the Rams will win when they dominate the line of scrimmage, they're physical, and they run the football. Okay? They, they're, not a, they're, not, they're not that good. They're not a team that, you know, the offensive line is okay, it's inconsistent, but Matthew Stafford can't win as a pocket passer on his own. They need to mm-hmm. establish the run for the Rams to win, and they really need Cam Akers to come back, and they need an offensive line to play better. But Stafford has seven turnovers in the last three games. You're yeah. not winning a playoff game like that. You might even lose to Philly like that at this rate. You, I mean, he has stop, 15 stop interceptions this year. See, That's I don't think lot. they lose. To, I don't think they lose to Philly. I don't no, think they lose to Philly. If, I don't think they do either. Have. But it's I said, do they lose to the Niners though? Do they lose to the Niners though? Absolutely. They're playing them this week, we'll see. I don't know. Listen, I don't. To be honest with you, I think if Trey Lance is playing, they'd beat them. But if Jimmy G's playing, who knows? I think Jimmy G's going to be out for the playoff. I think Trey Lance is actually going to have to play. Yeah, I, think I, I heard Trey five Lance's to six. Job yeah, I think Trey Lance's job is... is, is and is, honestly, dude, like can, this, I, here's a hot take since we're doing hot take one day. Trey Lance is better than Jimmy G. Like, just play the dude, you know? That's my hot take. I think, I think Trey Lance still shows a lot of the same flaws. Yeah, I don't know. I think what, Jimmy what, G's what, done what, a, what about Jimmy G? Look at How the win-loss, though. Jimmy G's been really good when he's – I think they're like – they have a better record. That, uh, that Titans game was all I needed to see. That was one of the worst performances I've seen terrible. by a quarterback. He was terrible that game, sure, but um, I don't know. That's what happens with Jimmy G. I'd rather take the upside and rely on other players to help win the game. You know, the if defense. the 49ers came out yesterday like they did in the first half against a team that's going to be in the playoffs, they'd get their, they'd get their fucking ass kicked. Excuse my French. They get their ass kicked. They played like shit in the first half against the Texans. Who's, they who's that? The, uh, the Niners? The, the Niners. If you came, if you come out against like, like that against a playoff team, you will be down 28 to 20 or 21 to nothing at, by halftime and the game's over. Oh, You're sure. Done. But like, what is Jimmy G doing to fix that? Nothing. He's not like, he's not going to score you points. I don't know. Uh, not, not in a bunch. The offense moves better with Jimmy G at quarterback. At times. Okay. At you know what's time. a really good hot take that I just saw? It's a pretty it. interesting thought. Coming back from down three to one is overrated. According from hectic highlights, he says, I don't know. I don't know if I'd agree. I don't with even that. know if like, I can like make it. It's tough because I'm trying to think uh, like, is it overrated? It kind of depends on like the home and road situation as well. Like, do you have like the, like, do you have two of the next three? You the, you, 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 do you have game five and seven at that's, home? That's I don't think it matters. I think either way, it's really impressive. Um, Cause yeah, you're guys, down three, you, one. You have to if win three games. Winning five three and seven games, at home. Yes, that's easy. winning three games in a row against a team that is like it's tough. It's up tough. on you already. It's very difficult. It's well, absolutely. Like, so I don't think it's overrated. And yeah, exactly. Three. They're up three to one already, which means they've just been a much better team than you through four games. So to like flip the script so quickly, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. I can't say it's yeah, overrated. I, I, um, I thought it was an interesting take, though. I mean, I, I never. Yeah, really heard I guess. But we'll we'll see. I mean, we don't we don't think that. Um, a lot of Matthew Stafford. We, I just saw like three more Matthew Stafford ones. Yeah, I, I used right, to be well, a huge fan of his, but he's hurting me right now. You know, like this is a pretty common one that I think we're seeing a lot of nowadays from LSU Monkey, who asked or who said, I keep saying asked, who said Trevon Diggs is overhyped and not a top five cornerback in the NFL. I don't know if he's top five, but he's certainly top ten. I, I don't care what anybody says. He gets burnt all the time. Sometimes, whatever. He's a great corner. He's a good ball hawking. Great corner. ball skills. And like, that's a that's a style that Dan Quinn lets him play. He's good. He's a top ten yeah, corner. If you turn the if you turn a team over eleven times in a season, yeah, like, that's it's, it's, like it's exactly, that's very valuable. Like that's not like valuable. Yeah. They're like, oh, it's just and a listen, pick. Like, oh, what is Graf, just the ball? I, I know Graf used to say this all the time. If you're not a great defense but you can force turnovers and you can win the turnover battle, you're going to be a good team. And it's going to mm-hmm. help Dallas in the playoffs because if he turns some people over in the playoffs, gives that offense good field position, they can win some games. They, like That's the thing. 
Turnovers are very important, especially when you're an average defense. Dan Campbell's done an excellent job with the Cowboys. Oh, Dan Trayvon Quinn. Diggs. Oh, Dan Quinn, sorry. He's done an excellent job. Trayvon Diggs has been great. Micah Parsons has been dominant. Demarcus Lawrence, Randy Gregory, you know. I agree, yeah. All right, so this oh, – another hot take, oh, gosh. LeBron James, is, LeBron James um, is not a top eight, eight player. Not a top eight player currently in the NBA. No, I think Shelby. that's wrong. So do we see? So we got is Jokic better than LeBron? I would honestly yes. say like it's. So I would say LeBron's no. been balling out though. You know what I'm I mean? putting LeBron's, only right now. I'm only putting KD and Giannis over him, and that's just me. Like LeBron's playing really well, dude. Like like he's been at like 35 a game. And then I know some people argue like Curry. LeBron's like three or four right now. That's uh, just me. Though. I I still top but, five. Yeah, yeah, still top five. I'm not saying he's not top five. I just think that you could kind of go about it any way you want. But if you're going to put him at eight, then you're going to have to start putting guys like DeRozan over him and like Harden and, and Harden. Like, would you do that? Because No, 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 not even close. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, LeBron is going to be top five until he retires. Like, that's just the way it's going to be, I think. Yeah, okay, and then- at least for the next year. Two or three years, wow. I'd say. Anthony da- Anthony Davis is not going to play at a top five level again. It almost seems like. So. I don't. I I agree with that too. I don't think Anthony Davis is a top five player. He like no. that whole thing where he was top. That's such. I mean, come on. Like, there's so many guys. I I can name eight to nine players. I would rather have than Anthony Davis, mm-hmm. including Jokic and Bede. I mean, those two. And then. Oh yeah, that I agree with for sure. And you, there's a lot of guys. You Giannis, and There's a lot Steph, of guys KD, that you would like, that you like, would debate. Like 50 Ron. 50, like maybe even Trey Young. Like, you, you know, it's a question. Yeah, you get to that tier. Like, Kyrie, I mean, yeah. like Ky- is Kyrie Irving that much worse than Anthony Davis? Like, I think mm-hmm. he's better. Like, honestly, I'm taking Kyrie, a healthy Kyrie. I mean, Kyrie's more durable than Anthony Davis is. For he sure. may have some interesting, like, you know, like, sure. Well, that's yeah, honestly whole, close. I, I, that's, that's a tough well, one. No, but. look, Graf, though. Look, Kyrie might have some antics and he might do some weird stuff, but. Is he going to be, like, in terms of, like, health? He doesn't get hurt that much with, like, injuries. Yes. The problem is, to be honest with you, I don't think I would give either of them the keys to my franchise. Oh, no. I, well, I no, definitely not. I, he, they're, sec- they're good second options, though. Mm-hmm. They're good yeah, second great. options. The best second options you could really have. Well, I mean, in Kyrie's case, he's the third option. Yeah. As crazy yeah, as that, that is. That, sh- that shouldn't have happened. That was the NBA. Just <laughs> the fact that they even allow that trade is sickening. Uh, no, I'm kidding. But for for real, dude, like they, they originally got KD and Kyrie. It's supposed to be this dominant duo, and then they're like, "Oh, we need James Harden, another top five player in basketball. Let's throw him on here too." Like, oh well, yeah, I mean, you can't kill the Nets if you get any opportunity no, you, no, to make your look, team better. Look, a hundred percent, you can't kill Brooklyn. It's just the NBA, like, you know, it's 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 fine, you know. I don't it's, think the NBA should interfere with trades like that. Like, I know everybody goes back no, to the Chris shouldn't. Paul trade. That shouldn't no, have been interfered the, you know, either. Because that was because the the NBA currently owned the Pelicans. Owned the That's Pelicans. why they were allowed to yeah. do that. Yeah. Or the Hornets, whatever they were. The Hornets, yeah. yeah. <laughs> whatever mm-hmm. they were. Oh man. But no, I still think the salary cap should really limit your ability to get three superstars on three max on max deals. Like, I don't know. I feel like that's just kind of unfair, but whatever. You, you can't really do yeah, much it is about what that. it is. And then Alex Weiss asked on our Instagram, he said, with the Saints defense. They will make a deep playoff run. I mean, look, they can pro- they'll probably make the playoffs whether you like it or not because if the Rams beat the Niners and then the Saints beat the Falcons, they're in. So the, the Saints, Saints beat the Falcons, Rams beat the Niners. The Saints aren't Pretty going probable. anywhere. In the, the Saints aren't going anywhere in the playoffs. Okay? I, I, I like the Saints. I do, but 
Very yeah, not, not versus Dallas. Not they're, versus they're Dallas. Quarterback away. If they had a good quarterback, they'd be a great team. And then, you want to know why they've been bad this year too? They have two of the best tackles in in football, and they haven't played. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've had a lot of injuries. Narrows had a down year. You don't have anybody that could win one on one on the outside at all. You yeah, don't even like have, is Michael it's, Thomas ever going to come back? I mean, I, I don't think well, Michael with, Thomas with is Taysom play Hill. They haven't been that with with Taysom Hill starting. They haven't been that bad. The problem is when they started Trevor Simeon, they ruined their season by starting him for like five games and they lost like all five of them. Yeah, they have a shot to make the playoffs, but they're like, I, I'd see them like, bit, like to they me. They won't beat Dallas though. You know, they're not beating Dallas. They're not beating. Do you think Tampa would be scared of that? Because oh the Saints just. Oh my gosh, dude, that would not, be crazy. Because nah, the, the Saints won't beat them. They're, they're, actually, you know what, dude, the Saints defense like straps. I mean, it's on. the same thing that happened last year. The Saints beat them it's pretty the same bad scenario. twice it's in the regular same season. Scenario. And then the Bucks beat them in the playoffs. You know what, so. if I, if you know what man? If I'm Tampa Bay, I I'm do scared not want to play against them. Yeah, I would not want that matchup either. They and, just and have to. Because look, look how the Saints beat them the first time. The four-man pass rush. We're, we're going to stay disciplined to our gaps. We're going to get pressure on Brady up the middle. We're going to put Lattimore on Mike Evans. He owns him, by the way. We don't have Godwin yes. anymore. We don't have Godwin anymore. Now we don't have Antonio Brown to worry about. We'll play tough man-to-man on everybody. We'll put Malcolm Jenkins on Gronk. Who's, who's going to win? Is Tyler Johnson going to win one-on-ones against a guy like Bradley Roby? I don't think so. Is Rashad Perriman? I don't think so. Nope. Listen, it's Brady and it's a playoffs. So they'll probably figure out the run game or whatever, but like I would not want to play them. I really wouldn't. I'd much rather play Philly or yep. the Niners. Brady is scared. I don't even know what this thing does, guys. It was cringy. Like I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry for all you guys. But I yeah, we got this news. I mean, I'm just messing around, guys. You know, don't mind me. But um, that's gonna be it for the Sneaky Sports Podcast. Season four, first episode. Had a lot of fun. I'm talked a lot of sports as always. So Make sure, guys, to review our podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Give it a five-star review. That would be greatly appreciated. Um, And follow our socials, our Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. And also, by the time this is up, we'll probably announce the Discord in the next couple of days, make a video and and post it and publish it and let everyone know we have a Discord now that we've created. Um, So me, Frank, and Nick, we're all in here, and we're going to be chatting up in the Discord. We're going to make a bunch of servers for... NFL and NBA, we might do like different team servers if like we get a lot of people. Maybe people could talk about like the Bucks, like all the Bucks fans could unite, talk about the Bucks, like Nets fans, whatever. We might do that if we have enough people. We'll, we'll see how that works. But it would be fun if we can make like a nice little community for everyone to chat about their teams. And like that way we can have like some organized, like talk about the Bulls or talk about like the, the Jazz. Or, go Bulls, like, baby. The, the Thunder. I mean, you know, go Thunder, Thunder up. Josh Giddy, Josh Giddy fan club. But yeah. Um, that's going to be it for us. And we'll see and you guys. I think, to add, uh, thank you all for all the support in 2021. I mean, unbelievable. And we're really close to 50 K on YouTube and we're hoping to yeah, get that silver plaque this year. Yeah, it's unbelievable. So, uh, thank you guys. And, uh, 2022, hopefully, you know, just keep stacking those W's 2022 will be better than 2021. Yeah, no doubt. And um, we appreciate you guys. Um, as always in. Guys, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that red subscribe button. As Frank said, we are close to 50,000 subscribers. Maybe you could be the 50,000th one. You know, join before the 50K. Um, be a part of the, the early, the first 50K club. Um, and yeah, I mean, like this video helps the algorithm out a lot as always. And we'll see you guys in the next one on Thursday, January something. January 6th, oh, God, where me and Frank are actually going to the Knicks game. We're going to the yeah. Knicks Celtics. We should lose, but we'll see you guys um, then. Peace out.